folks, and welcome to the Sense and Theory podcast. I am Sense. And I am congested. I am, shoo, Ba-doom. not feeling well today. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so today I think we're going to harken back to the guns episode just a, a little bit uh, in light of the horrific shooting that happened at uh, Stoneman, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, Yeah. Um, known as the uh, Parkland shooting now. Yeah. Um, I think it gives us an opportunity to kind of revisit some of the things we talked about uh, and explore them. Uh, in depth a little bit with some context. Uh huh. And, and well, and then on top of that too, I, I thought I felt like we needed to talk about it because it lets us look in a, in a broader sense at what happens, how we react when these these big stories like hit the news cycle, and how quickly, you know, we always talk about how divided it is and how people are, you know, fans of their team. How quickly we we jump into lockstep with our, our regimented sides. And the hypocrisies and other errors and stuff that that kind of leads us to because we're so, you know, it's, yeah, our, we're it's so already laid up out in our side, you know, right? I mean, especially with something as, as polarizing as this, like when kids die, mm-hmm. it's really easy to uh, just jump on a side and, and, and start yelling. You know, yeah. and I, I really feel like that's kind of what this conversation has devolved into, but at the same time, we've got this really unique thing happening with the with the Parkland kids that have have risen up, um, you know, and raised their voices in a response to this. Yeah, it's it's impossible to talk about Parkland without mentioning the kids. So as this as this happened, we saw the kids at the school kind of push to the national forefront. You have um, one of them, uh, David Hogg and Emma Gonzalez, I think, are the two that. Um, have sort of, you know, been pushed out there a little bit harder than everybody else. But that's not to say that the other kids, you know, haven't gone to various interviews. But we've seen them go from, uh, you know, they had press conferences and then there was the CNN Town Hall. Ellen Show. Uh, they've I been mean, on the Ellen Show. I think uh, two of them were just recently on Bill Maher. David Hogg's Twitter is absolutely blowing up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and so these kids are... You know, they're coming out and they're saying they want gun reform, they want gun control, and uh, they're, they're really not taking no for an answer, um, you know, is, is kind of how they're, they're pushing their message, you know, really hard. That's right. So my first question to you is like, you know, should, should we pay attention to these kids? And, and to me, like, sure, they're kids, they have opinions, and, and we should pay attention to everyone's, uh, everyone's opinion to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, my initial reaction, my, my gut reaction is like, eh, you know, at 16, I, I think back to who I was at 16. Um, and maybe I didn't make the best decisions. I certainly did not understand the world as I understand it today. Yeah. So my gut reaction is to, is to put less, less weight on their opinions, you know, right. like, well, I, I, you know, it's like you said, everyone has a right to express themselves. So should these kids be able to express their viewpoint in, in light of what's happened to them? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that something that we should take under advisement? I think, you know, right before we uh, started the episode, we were talking about it. And I said, if we were testifying before Congress, I would absolutely want these kids to get up there and tell their story. Because sure. to, to help uh, us have an informed opinion before we make decisions. However, are they experts on gun control? Now, if you think back to, you know, when we did our guns episodes, one of the main things that I stressed was removing emotion from the conversation. Well, how are you ever going to do that with these kids, man? Yeah. I I mean, you can't, even if, regardless of what these kids are saying, they're lashing out from an emotional response to to a tragedy. Sure, the level of trauma that they've experienced um, is is a tough thing to get past. I think we we know that. I mean, uh, PTSD is, is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that affects you and, and, and your emotions, you know, I'm not an expert, I don't know, but yeah. you have to, you have to take a second and go, wait a second. Um, you know, should we treat these kids as experts? And that's what they're posing themselves as. Um, right. I mean, I think, uh, you've got, you've got, well, actually there's a, there's a quote here from, uh, one of them. I think it was, uh, Cameron Caskey. And he said, we've been locked in a classroom. We've seen our friends text their parents goodbye. We are the experts. We know exactly what we're talking about. How dare you tell us we don't know? And, you know, with all due respect to to Cameron, I understand that you went through that, but I I don't necessarily know that you know how a semi-automatic fires versus an automatic. You know, I don't... Uh, And and even even beyond that, I don't think you know about the the complex interactions between between freedoms and rights and history... And future and yeah. how those play out, you know. 
And and not to mention, even if you had a grasp on it, is that what's at the forefront of your mind? Because you're operating off that emotion, right? right? So so it doesn't I'm, it doesn't matter whether these kids are right or wrong. What I'm saying is, when you're running on emotion like that, then he they they are going to be locked into their position, whichever position that was going to be. Now right. it happened to be anti-gun here. They are locked into it. Well, it happened and, to be anti-gun in David Hogg's case, but there have been a couple students uh, that are that are pro firearm and yeah, and true. lean right, and they're not getting airtime. Yeah, which is which is an interesting, you know. So actually, you want to call back to the media episode. Uh, an interesting side effect of this is we've got two students. We had uh, Kyle Kashiv and uh, Colton Hobb, who uh, did not uh, run with the same kind of narrative that that Emma Gonzalez and David Hogg were pushing. And where are they? You yeah, know, and I, I mean, guess you have to. You have to. We have to talk about the email that was doctored, yeah. um, you know, to make CNN look bad, and and that's a whole other thing. Uh, and and you know, of course, no one should be doctoring emails to to make mm. someone look bad. That's that's stupid. It was a dumb thing to do. But you still, I, I wonder where are the voices on the other side? You know right. what I'm saying? On your CNN, on your NBC, um, right. even heck on Twitter, and. And I guess maybe um, maybe it's just the power of their social mach- social media machine that's that's pushing their method mes- their, their message, and that's what people are saying is these kids you know they came out of the womb with iPhones and, and they're social media they're wizards. so media savvy and, it, exactly. And but well, actually, uh, David Hines writing for the Federalist, and he's actually reporting on a February twenty eighth uh, uh, BuzzFeed story. Um, kind of dispels that notion. So the idea, like you said, we've heard, um, you know, these kids are amazing. They're they're magical. There's one headline I can't remember where it was from. Said these kids are magic, and and we're supposed to be in awe of these kids and their ability to you know organize and, and push drum up story. this grassroots right. effort. So the uh, Buzzfeed story that David Hines refers to pointed out that this grassroots effort uh, is actually uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz has been aiding the kids, lobbying in Tallahassee at the, mm-hmm. the state legislature. Uh, they had a teachers union organizing the buses that were getting the kids there. Uh, Michael Blue. Bloomberg's groups and the Women's March have been working on the upcoming March for Our Lives. It's supposed to take place this month. Uh, MoveOn.org has been doing social media promotion and and potentially helping with March logistics. And the kids have also uh, received training uh, for student activists provided by the federally funded Planned Parenthood. So this wasn't just kids spontaneously you know, yeah, creating a is... movement and pushing this stuff. You know, I, I, uh, what was it? Clooney and, and Oprah Winfrey uh, sent them money and helped them get on to Ellen and all this stuff, you know. Right. So this is a lot of money and power behind these kids. And and to me, there's nothing essentially wrong with that. But when it's being sold as a grassroots effort and these kids are doing this all by themselves... There's something dishonest about that to me. Right, right. When you portray it as something, yeah. You, right, and to give these kids these like 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 portray them as as Superman and 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 Batman and stuff. Like, no, man, they're 16 year old kids and they suffered through a terrible, terrible tragedy and they're reeling from it. Mm-hmm. And and there are people who agree with their who happen to agree with their positions on guns. Mm-hmm. So they're elevating them on a pedestal now. And yeah. and to me, there's something gross about that. You know, yeah. to me, there's something gross about standing. Uh, I'll, I'll, who said it? It's, you know, you're standing, was it, uh, Ben Shapiro said you're standing on the graves of dead kids. Yeah. Standing on the graves um, of children. Well, the, the, one of the kids, uh, actually was quoted saying, uh, you're either with us or you support the murder of innocent children. And that's just gross to me. So yeah, that's, that's so disgusting. Right. That is, that lies at the very heart of the divide and the disconnect of this issue. It's the same thing as me looking at someone and saying, oh, you're pro-abortion, uh, you love murdering babies. Yeah. You know, that's like the worst, most disgusting attitude to take towards someone who disagrees with you about almost anything. Right. But especially something as as core to the beliefs of Americans as guns. Mm-hmm. And and we talked about those beliefs, um, you know, in episode one and two, and we'll talk about them more later today. But you know, maybe the conversation needs to happen. Like, you know, how many dead kids are acceptable to have those rights and freedoms? You know, I don't know the answer to that question, but, but right now, um, 
I'd say it hasn't crossed that line for me. I mean, especially when, when we look at all the things that are killing kids, you know, texting yeah. and driving and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and alcohol and, and, and yeah, opiates. Yeah, the stuff that like, we looked at in Guns 1, I mean, it really puts it in perspective. Right, Absolutely. and those things don't have any kind of um, redeeming value on the level of, of protecting yourself, you know, right. from, from, from deadly force. It, it doesn't, none of those things compare to me. So. Yeah. So when I hear that argument, something inside of me, while I feel empathy, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the dead, and and you can't you can't not. I I take a step back from that and I say, well, you know, of course some some level of accident is acceptable. I mean, look at swimming pools. Right. We got kids that wander into swimming pools and fall and drown, and I'm not not right. to compare those two on any sort of like real basis, but. If the argument is like, what level is acceptable? Well, swimming pools just provide entertainment, you know, yeah. and kids die in them. So there's a level of acceptable death there too. And, right. and that's a hard conversation to have when you've got, you know, kids saying you're either with us or you support the murder well, of innocent see, children. That's, that's my problem with it is the way these kids got turned into a cudgel. So now for one, I don't know if this kid, you know, said that of his, his own volition or if that was part of the training that he received. You know <laughs> what I mean? But... Regardless, that's what's happened. What we've seen happen in the last few weeks is anytime that you criticize or question the Parkland kids, anytime that anybody has anything to say, oh, it's how could you, how could you, you monster, how could you go after these victims well, and stuff? And, and to be fair, there's a there's a portion of the right who's going way too far and absolutely and screaming crisis actor and saying yeah. you weren't even there and this whole yeah. thing was faked by the CIA. You know that that's uh, to me, I, I fully acknowledge that and understand that. And those people, you know, fair enough, condemn them. Um, what I'm talking about is people who have like legitimate, reasonable critiques right. and rebuttals to the things that the Parkland kids are saying, and they're being hit with that same cudgel. They're, you know, uh, you monster, you know, we are never, that's why, you know, like we said earlier, the emotion has to come out of it because we are never going to be able to have any kind of conversation if one side is beyond reproach. Right. If one side, you know, if you, if, if simply by saying I disagree with you, you're this horrific monster that wants innocent children to die. Right. You know, so I mean, so it's it's really uh, at that point, the argue, the, the the conversation and the argument is immaterial because we never even got to that point. That's you right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've called me you've called me a murderer, essentially, uh, or an apologist for murderers. And at that point, we can't have a conversation anymore yeah. about this. And you know, I think I think you've too, put me in the box. I think it's rather disingenuous to put these kids all over the media and, you know, well, they're out there. I mean, if you're if you're out there and you're stating a position, then surely you know you're ready for it to be criticized. Did you? I mean, you know, what in what world do you, you know do you ever just get to spout off stuff and, and nobody gets to say anything back? Right. I mean, well, in a world where I guess you're a child, but that brings me to this really odd question: is like, so if 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 you're a child that has an opinion and we're going to put you in the media and you're going to be beyond reproach. Uh, because you're because you're young and et cetera, et cetera. Why the hell are we going to let them vote now? Oh yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so. We actually we have a we have a quote from a, a CNN article, and they're like, uh, "The real adults in the room are the youth from Parkland, Florida, who are speaking out about the need for meaningful gun control laws. They are proving that civic engagement among young people can make a difference. The ironic part: they can't even vote." And, and so this mm. article is basically asking for uh, us to change the voting laws and let 16-year-old votes vote based off what these Parkland kids have done. And, you know, that's kind of like how, how I got injected into the conversation. And the only, the only world in which that's reasonable to me is if you think all those 16-year-old kids are going to vote with you. I yeah. mean, and let's just ignore the fact that 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 article starts by saying the real adults in the room yeah. are the youth, which puts everyone who disagrees with their premise and their stance in the box of a whiny child. Yeah. Like that's, that's just absurd to me at yeah. first, but then to suggest that the same 16 year old kids who are not allowed to buy assault rifles, who are not yeah. adult enough to buy assault rifles are not adult enough uh, to sign contracts yeah. are not a, adult enough to engage in sexual intercourse yeah. are all of a sudden adult enough to vote on, on an incredibly complex issue, uh, possibly changing uh, the constitution of the United States. Yeah. I mean, well, no, I, I think they want them to vote across the board, but yeah, the idea that now, 
um, we're gonna we're gonna have such a uh, just go completely overboard because they agree with this. So now we want to give them the right to vote. However, I guarantee you, if I ask that same person, are you okay with you know kids being tried as adults? Uh, do you not support the law that keeps credit card companies from sending applications to minors? Right. You know, right? So are we like, going to lower the age of consent? But all of a sudden, but they agree with me all of a sudden. I see a new voter base, and damn it, we should let sixteen-year-olds vote, dude. I was. I was crazy at 16, right? And I, and I like to I like to think that, you know, I had my stuff together for 16. We all old. did at 16. You know, but I mean, Come on. but Jesus, man, like uh, the 16-year-old's uh, ability to get swept up in a cult of personality. I mean, uh, you know, think about like, you know, rock stars and celebrities and how, you know, the majority of 16-year-olds go after. Now, you might find a 16-year-old who's, who's you know, not not prone to do that, sure. extremely intelligent. Hell, there's nine-year-olds that graduate college. I'm That's not right. saying that they don't exist, but we're talking about the, the vast all majority. 16-year-olds. And if, and if I it, mean, it, let's... No, it bears saying they were eating Tide Pods like a month ago. <laughs> it, it bears saying, man. Touche, touche. And, and if the 16-year-olds uh, in Parkland are, are pro-gun, you're also letting the 16-year-olds who's, I'm sure you'd say, you know, their parents have convinced them to be uh, anti-abortion. You're letting them vote in Texas. Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know. I don't know a 16. It's not it's not even about knowledge. Like I saw I saw somebody arguing on Twitter today. Uh, you don't understand how informed these 16 year olds are. They're, they're more informed than everybody else. Dude, experience means something. You know what I mean? There is something to be said a for lot. experience and, and knowledge, raw knowledge in and of itself isn't enough to, to, to make a decision make big decisions like that. And, and when we're talking about their knowledge specifically and, and how it's greater than say our generation, you're talking about the technology that allows them to, you know, search up and find things. And we're mm -hmm. talking about a system that puts people in filter bubbles, right? Filter bubbles are real. So, when when a search engine has determined who you are and what types of things you like, they feed you information mm -hmm. that feeds your current perspective. Right. So yeah, they we say these kids are knowledgeable. Well, uh, actually, do they know what a filter bubble is? Yeah, no, you bring up a have good point. Have they stepped outside of their filter bubble you, ever? You bring up a good point because filter bubbles have only really like, you know, become something that we talk about in the last year or two. So on one hand, where you say these kids grew up with an iPhone in their hand and they're social media savvy, I say they've been in a filter bubble their entire life. Uh, uh, there's something to that. Man. You know what I mean? There's something to that. I mean, you're, and not to mention the era of fake news. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what have, what have they been fed? And, and I, that's not to, you know, come out and say, oh, it's a conspiracy to feed these kids nonsense and they've been hypnotized by the, you know, the far left machine that's yeah, yeah. using them for their, for their greater gain. I don't see it as quite that insidious. You no, know? It's, yeah, it's not that dire. I do, I do think that, that they've been used and, and, and put on a pedestal for their views because they happen to align with, uh, with, you know, a certain political view. I, I mm -hmm. you know, I don't think you can really argue with that. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to take a second before we, you know, move on from like the Parkland kids and stuff. There's also been uh, a bit of a movement, like kind of across the country with uh, students organizing walkouts. Well, I actually, I say students, but if we go back to that federalist piece with David Hines, uh, it turns out the, the American Federation of Teachers uh, has been, you know, helping organize this. And uh, there are journalists who are, you know, telling people, oh, it's just the kids. It's just the kids. But no, there's a teacher's union or federation or whatever that is organizing these walkouts across the country. Yeah, powerful. But. Um, what we had is when, when these walkouts were announced, um, we had two things happen. We had school boards come through and say, no, you're absolutely going to get suspended if you do this walkout. And then on the reverse, we had people kind of get up in arms about that. Now I, I understand to an extent what they're saying. There was a, um, there was some guy, a, a Texas attorney. He said that he would pick up the cases pro bono. Uh, if, if yeah, kids, any student that got suspended, uh, you know, unnecessarily or right. un, un, unrightfully. Yeah. So wrongfully. So suspended. here's, I, I think it's important. I know, I know people who like to see their kids like do the right thing and, 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 you know, take a stand. And if you're somebody who is for gun control and you see your kid saying, I'm gonna walk out of school and support a gun control, you don't want to see them get punished for that. Like from a parent standpoint, like, right. you know, just, just cause you love your kid. But at the same time, I would argue that it is it is vital 
that they get punished for. It. Absolutely. It, it's important because otherwise, if they don't get suspended for these walkouts, then it's a meaningless gesture. Like what gives it its importance is that you're willing to take a penalty right. to make a stand for what you believe in. Yes, the sacrifice is is an important part of that act in itself. I mean, it, can you imagine if the people in Occupy Wall Street... Um, you know, they just let them all go. Or, no, or they went to hotels every night and you know what I mean? Right. Like that was the, the, yeah. the guy in the tree stand doesn't have to chain himself to the tree because we're just going to let him stand there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Right, like, right, right. There's the sacrifice is, is the majority of that act. In mm-hmm. fact, is, is, is standing up, taking a stand and, and taking the consequences of your action to say enough is enough. And I, and I fully support any kid who wants to walk out. Absolutely. Um, I yeah. fully support you sitting on your ass in suspension as well. And, and hopefully yeah. your, your mom takes you to ice cream. You know, if your yeah. mom, yeah. if your mom believes in your cause, then go take your kid to, to have some ice cream and, and tell them they did the right thing. Um, but heck take the suspension. Um, and you've got, you've got schools. Yale came out and said, you know, they're not going to hold it against, uh, college hold, hold it against no. college admissions, uh, for students who walked out and, and good on Yale for that too. Like, Absolutely. I'm okay with that. Um, the thing I, Texas, Texas in particular, and a couple other school boards were a little, um, zealous in their, you know, you, you will be suspended, you know? And, and I get that we can't suspend these kids extra. Right. Right. So, so if, if uh, I think what this amounts to is disrupting a classroom, that's what the kids would be uh, getting suspended for is uh, disrupting the school day. So if the suspension for that. Not just skipping school? uh, It's, it's actually that's no, because they're not skipping. Like generally with a walkout, like you go out to the football field and you demonstrate, you protest, you hold up signs. I I don't know what's going to happen with these walkouts, but that's just my experience with them. Um, so it's disrupting a school day. Now, if the suspension for that is three days and Texas is like, you know, over this incident, we're going to suspend you five days, by all means. Yeah, let's that, that get in Texas there. lawyer needs to pick up those cases exactly. pro bono. That's, that's the point at which we're violating their free speech. But again, if, if you're just getting suspended for, I mean, that was the point, right? Is right. for you to step out and do that. And, and, I, and like you said, with Yale, I definitely applaud the colleges not holding um, the, uh, the suspension, the disciplinary action against them in their college admissions. Uh, at the same time, <laughs> Yale's, uh, admissions officer, the, the woman who wrote like the letter saying that, you know, that wouldn't be like, she went on to say, you know, that these kids are absolutely righteous and they're doing 100% the right thing. And yeah, well, it's it's your admissions office, man. It doesn't. It we don't need a political stand I, from your I admissions to, office. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I hate to keep bringing it back to to the abortion thing because I know they're not. You know, that's not the exact same issue, but there are some similarities. And I'd say, as a litmus test, ask ask yourself if you if you have the same stance if these kids were walking out, uh, you know, anti-abortion. Right. And and would Yale take the same stance? Yeah. Would Yale or would Yale or Brown or any of them would they waive the the disciplinary action, because in my opinion, I would, man, like, I, I don't care uh, what your view is, you know what I mean? To, to an extent, you know, maybe, maybe if some kids wanted to walk out, like on some pro supporting uh, David you know. Koresh, yeah, or supporting David Koresh, there, there are limits. I'm not saying there aren't, but generally if it's a, if it's a, a uh, argument that is under debate in the national discourse, if there are reasonable people, you know, having this conversation and a kid wants to make a stand. Yeah. I don't think that should be held against them in college because I, that that is that is building for adulthood. I mean, right. that's why it's so important to me that they get suspended, not because I'm a buzzkill, but because I want these kids to know that the right thing isn't always easy. Right. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you got to give up a lot for the right thing. That's right. Know? And I think we have to be really careful when we're formulating our opinions um, to inspect and check our own biases. So that's why I keep bringing up abortion because I feel like if you look at the other side um, and you say you know, would this be acceptable in that instance? Then that's, that's a nice little check for yourself. You know, mm-hmm. look at something you don't agree with right. and ask yourself if you'd feel the same way. And if you do, then you're, you're probably on the right side. If you don't, and you've got a little cognitive dissonance going on, yeah. you know, maybe you should check your opinion. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, so with Parkland, if, if talking about the kids, you know, if that's number one, the number two thing that's kind of spun out of Parkland is definitely what's happened with law enforcement and, uh, you know, the Broward County Sheriff's Office. Woof. So uh, both the Broward Sheriff's Office and the FBI have been criticized for their handling of the shooter both before and during the incident. Um, basically, this kid 
uh, did everything but scream, I'm going to shoot up a school. And actually, I think he he did kind of say, yeah, I'm going to shoot up a school. He showed all the warning signs. I mean, this guy was posting to social media about shooting up schools. Um, he had Instagram photos of himself with an AR-15. Um, the FBI said that a person close to Cruz called the agency's public tip line on January 5th and left information on Cruz's gun ownership, desire to kill people, erratic behavior, and the social media posts, as well as the potential of him conducting a school shooting. The FBI did nothing. Yeah. Um, he left a comment on a YouTube video saying he was going to be a professional school shooter. Uh, one of his former former teachers said he wasn't even allowed on campus with a backpack on him. Yeah, they actually they noticed him uh, coming to the school that day with a backpack, and they were like, uh-uh, "Hey, he's uh-uh, not this kid to be can't." Here. Yeah, he can't yeah. have a, a bag to hide things in. Forty five calls to the police tip line from the crew's home about how much of a danger this kid was. And that's and that's just from the crew's home. That's just from his actual like house over I think that's in between uh if I remember correctly 2008 and in 2018. Um I would I, say surely like pick this kid up by now. Yeah. Well, what Sheriff Israel claims though is what were they supposed to pick him up on? They say that they didn't have none of that grants them the authority to to pick him up i'm calling 100 percent complete bullshit on that because we're talking about a nation that has arrested kids for posting song lyrics to facebook <laughs> california arrested a 15 year old kid for eminem lyrics and and, and the lyrics here I'll, I'll read them to you i take seven kids from columbine stand them all in a line add an ak a revolver a nine a mac 11 and it ought to solve the solve the problem of mine and that's a whole school of bullies shot up all at one time i'm just like shady he changed that lyric uh and just as crazy as the world was over this whole y2k thing yeah they arrested that kid yeah. for that post you cannot tell me that you can arrest that kid for posting eminem lyrics but we could not take Cruz in for an investigation. You can't tell me that. Well, I'll say this. I'm not sure, you know, what law that they've, you know, if, okay. So they've arrested him for terroristic threatening. Is that a California law? And do they not, you know, is that not available to the Broward County Sheriff's office? Highly doubtful. We just arrested a kid here in town, uh, for, for making some sort of threats on social media, and the cops picked him up. He had a uh, had a rifle and 500 rounds of ammunition, and and he's facing one to five years for for terroristic threatening. This was like the day before yesterday. Like we can if if they can't do it in Broward County, there's a problem. Yeah, right, right. And so Broward County definitely needs because yeah, I I remember hell, I remember a kid when I was in high school got uh got in a world of shit for drawing a picture of a grenade. Yeah, you know. So um, my question though is. To hell with, okay, to hell with the police. You know, obviously the police failed there, you know, in my opinion. But to hell with that. Where where was the help? You know, one of the things that, that we touched on hardcore in both Guns episodes is how oftentimes these, these the, the school shootings and, and very gun violence, you know, it's born out of all these other problems like poverty and, uh, you know, stress, uh, high density. Cruz had just lost his mom and his right. father, I think. Well, obviously, I mean, 45 calls since 2008. The kid's been trying. I mean, if he's if he's 19, 20 years old now, that's 10 years ago. I mean, this kid's been troubled to the point where people were calling the police since he was nine, and no one did nothing. Yeah. You know, I, I think he was, uh, he did have a, a psychologist, I believe. Perhaps it was a psychiatrist, not sure. Um, but other than that, like, you know, where's the, where's the big brother, big sister program? Like, where's the, you know, where are these programs that maybe could have got this kid some, some, you know, Doing something constructive with this time. Anything. 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 Anything but stewing in his room, sad, depressed, lonely, angry, uh, and defeated. I mean... With guns, his only friends, you know what I mean? No, no kidding. I think the, I think the big question here, though, is like, did, did the police, I mean, to take it back to the police, did the police fail us? You know, did... Were they the failure in this situation? Because, I mean, we have we have laws and we have them for a reason. If we don't exercise those laws, what's the point of having them? Absolutely. Yeah. What good are any of these laws in the, in, in the face of, you know, just complete ineptitude? Right? I think I think you've got to ask yourself, like, we think police are there to protect and serve. You know, are the police there to protect and serve? And, and the answer to that is is a very resounding no. The Supreme Court has upheld that a police officer in the line of duty has no responsibility 
um, to protect you. So when we're talking about, you know, the cops that 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 stayed back and didn't rush in mm. to, to detain the shooter or to try to stop the shooting, right. um, according to the Supreme Court, they have no duty to. Yeah, right. right. Uh, which it's, to it's, me... It's completely, it's like at will, you know. Is a, is a total nod to the Second Amendment. <laughs> if the police are not responsible for protecting you in an emergency, who the hell is? Yeah. You know, if we can't hold cops responsible um, for protecting us, the state responsible for pr- protecting us, mm-hmm. and we can't protect ourselves, then we're, we're fish in a barrel, man. Absolutely. And I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with being a fish in a barrel. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not okay with it either. And what's upset me actually even more is how readily we've accepted that, uh, that it's just okay, that it's okay that the cops didn't do their job here. To me, it is just an immense contradiction. Over the last few years, I've had everybody in the world telling me that with these police shootings in, in you know, Ferguson and whatnot, that fear was no excuse. You know, so when uh, the Ferguson case, the dude said that the the guy was running straight at him with his arms up. He was scared, so he shot. And I heard that that was no excuse. All right, this sheriff, well, member of the sheriff's office. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I think he was a deputy or whatever it was. Um, is sitting outside this school with a bulletproof vest on and and with his firearm, listening to these kids get shot while teachers are throwing themselves in front of bullets and kids. There's ROTC kids taking bullets for their classmates while he's standing outside. And then actually, you know, we, we talked about David Hogg, one of the Parkland kids. He says, who wants to go down the barrel of an AR-15, even with a Glock? He said he doesn't blame him at all. Like, are, are you are you kidding me? No, I absolutely blame him. Like, what's he there for? And so now, like, like you've highlighted. So now not only are you saying that we can't have guns for our personal protection, but you know, if officer, whatever his name is, isn't feeling it today, then I'm sorry about your luck, children. And, and that's unacceptable, but that leaves no one to protect us. No one. And how easily we were, we were ready to just say, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's scary. And why it's, it's so disingenuous. The whole reason why we're saying that, you know, it's scary is because we want to make the AR-15 look like the most horrifying right. weapon of war that's ever existed in that's the history right. of mankind with its fully semi-automatic feature. <laughs> if you've seen that CNN video, I'll let you guys look that up. But, you know, it's so it's got to be absolutely terrifying. And we're, we're rationalizing the fact that this dude completely blew what I think. I mean, you know, how many police departments in the last couple of weeks have, have come out? And just been like, oh no, we we absolutely go in. Oh, there were like, guys. There were guys that arrived from uh, from another police department, yeah, uh, another locale that were asked to stand down. That yeah. all wanted to go in, yeah, and oh, were told a, to stand down. There were EMTs who wanted to, who wanted EMTs to go start dragging, chomping at the bit to go injured get the children yeah. Yeah. and start treating them, and were asked to stand down. And and the mental gymnastics that you have to that you have to do to say that it was okay for for I mean how. I, Maybe he cuts it down from seventeen bodies to to nine or, or eleven or Dude, or sixteen or or sixteen or one, one life. If he'd have saved one life, that's a gain, man. I it's it's that how wrapped up in being right are you that you're going to justify that man's actions simply so that you can score a point on how scary the AR-15 is? I say fire them all. That's where we've lost our minds. Get rid of them all, every single one of them. Anyone who was involved top-down in the decision to stand down that day, get rid of them all, because you know what? We pay their bills, and if the police are not there to protect and serve our most vulnerable, here I am standing on the kids and emotion, but yeah. but this is this is bigger if they're not there to protect us and serve us, why are we paying them? If they're there to shoot Philando Castile and to shoot Tamir Rice in a park for having a toy gun, yeah. but you're not going to go in and shoot David Cruz, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's So you want to talk about somebody being judged during an executioner and, and apparently with the worst criteria imaginable, it's completely okay. And we'll completely defend them shooting, you know, from the hip, like they're goddamn Billy, the kid. But then at the same time, like, you know, well, we don't, we don't want to hurt their feelings. You know, he may be scared, man. What do you expect? Somebody said they, uh, one of the kids said they saw him like hunkered down under a stairwell. I mean, 
Dude, I'm and, and look, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, we haven't said his name. I'm not gonna say his name. He don't in fact He does not deserve his name. He doesn't deserve me saying his loud. name, but on top of that, like, you know, I don't I don't want mobs chasing this guy down or nothing. You know what I'm saying? That's that's whatever. What I all I'm getting at wait, is Wait, wait. We have mobs of listeners that might in the event that we have mobs of listeners. Okay, let me let me rephrase that. If all three of you try to chase this guy down with a pitchfork, I don't I don't want that. In the but, interest of honesty, I'm yeah, just saying. Interest, it's just, but but to me, like at the same time that we're criticizing, you know, the cops and the Supreme Court decision that says, you know, the cops didn't. What I'm more worried about is is how quickly people got on board with something that's absolutely abhorrent, simply again to score points for their argument. That it, it's it, that sickens me. You know what I mean? So it's, I, it's 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 hypocrisy, and it's and it's gross. Well, it's, uh, and it's dangerous. <laughs> the thing is. We live in the land of hypocrisy, right? Because what else did we see come out of Parkland? We saw the orange one himself come out as one of the most pro-gun control cats you ever saw in your life. All of a sudden, he's all for it. I can't believe this. I mean, I am just, I'm flabbergasted at 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 the levels of, of, of absurdity with this. All right, you've got, you've got loud voices on the left saying... Donald Trump is a fascist dictator that's going to lead America to tyranny. They and then they propose a bill to curtail Second Amendment rights, and then the very same leader who's supposed to be a, 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 on the right mm-hmm. says, "Sure, I'll sign it. Just get yeah, it to I'm my desk." It. Yeah, I'm all for it. Man. What the fuck and is fact, going on? And he started he started calling out members of his own party. And was like scoring points. He was like, well, you're just scared of the NRA. I'm not scared of the NRA. I'm Donald Trump. Dun, 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 dun. And yeah. you know what? Good for him on that, I guess. Um, <laughs> no, to hell with him on that. No, here's, here's, okay, here's, here's the problem with this, man. For one, so the right, you know, we talked, we talked a couple episodes ago about whether or not Trump voters were getting what they paid for. Well, nope. here you go. Hey, guess what? <laughs> At least in some regards, you elected a lifelong New York Democrat. And and look at what he actually believes on gun control. But as much as I want to say that, I'm not going to say that. And I'll tell you why. Because that's not what it's about. Donald Trump has an issue where he needs people to like him. Yeah. All right. That That's that's all it amounts to. And so he saw this gun control thing as, as <laughs> in his twisted mind, as, as a moment where he could look like he was... Uh, you know, not not just a slave of the Republican Party, like that. You know that he he's he's the outsider, the maverick. You know, he's got all these rebel ideas and stuff. So he comes out and lays out like some straight up. Uh, he wants to raise the age for buying an assault weapon from eighteen to twenty one. Uh, he wants the Fix NICS Act, um, which which oddly enough, uh, but he also wanted to ban bump stocks. Oddly enough, I I support all three of those, right? Yeah. But I also didn't vote for Trump. I, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? The people who elected Trump, they don't necessarily want those things. Uh, you know? I think overwhelmingly they don't they want those overwhelmingly things. don't want those things, but it, it just goes to show you, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit about you. He doesn't give a shit about the kids in Parkland. He doesn't give a shit See, about I'd, the constitution I'd like to take that attitude. But to me, this is the first real sign to me of fascist dictatorship. Like I'm starting to see things through the lens of like, oh shit, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> maybe he is a fascist dictator. Are we and going forty f- chess? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, isn't that isn't that what happens at the beginning of 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 genocides throughout history? Yeah. Have we not had uh, in Turkey, um, in Russia, in uh, in Nazi Germany? Mm-hmm. Am, am I wrong here? Like, this is a pattern of behavior that precedes uh, mass murdering of citizens. No, certainly. I mean, gun control is is a vital part of any authoritarian regime, whether, you know, like you said, whether we're talking about Nazi Germany or uh, shit, Pinochet, you know, uh, down in uh, Argentina, I think. Um, but you also have to couple that with the fact that then he, he says... Uh, I'd like to take the guns first and worry about due process later. Due process? Oh my God, Don, you're you're gonna go after due process? So, all right, so ah, shit, right? Like, what? 
how do you feel about that? I mean, you, Left, you elected this dude. How do you dude, feel about and that? And he's supposed to, yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually, I'm worrying, I'm wondering with all these initiatives that he's put forth, why the left isn't jumping up and down. Yeah. Why I mean, is this not a, a staggering example of like bipartisan, uh, you know, support of something we can come together and agree on? You, you see <laughs> both sides. I, and, and then I've seen people on the right start to say, you know, well, well, maybe these, you know, maybe raising the gun age is, well, it's a brilliant move. It's, it's for each other. And it's like, guys, stop. You are so wrapped up in your bullshit that left. He's literally giving you what you want. And you're, you're still shitting on him and stonewalling. Him. And right, the man's talking about peeling away due process and you're just clapping your hands. Like, right. go fuck yourself. What is going on? Like, <laughs> and, well, maybe it's because at the same time, from the other side of his mouth, he's spewing out things like, Let's uh let's arm teachers and federally fund it and give <laughs> yeah, them bonuses yeah. <laughs> uh for for carrying handguns. I mean, what a fucking stupid idea. And and I got to clarify cuz to me, like I'm all for carry conceal. I think if you right. want to carry a handgun as a teacher, mm-hmm. I I think the gun-free zone, it should be gun-free for students. No student should ever bring a gun to school right. unless there's a rifle club or something and you know at that point yeah. you got your trigger lock on it or whatever. I'm yeah. I'm all for that too, but I'm I'm all for teachers being able to carry conceal if they're licensed and and properly trained. What when that crosses a line to me, teachers are already woefully underpaid. Right. If we start offering bonuses to yeah. carry a handgun in school, you are going to get the wrong types of people har- carrying handguns well, we, by default. If you look at your paycheck and you go, oh, I could make a little extra scratch here yeah. by, by toting a Glock to school. Like, no. Carrying carrying a weapon is not something that you you encourage or incentivize, right? Because, Ever. again, you have somebody picking up a weapon for the wrong reasons. Like, I, well... Uh, you know, like the sheriff we just referenced, I would say that he picked up a weapon for the wrong reasons. But anyway, um, but no, yeah, so I, I don't want anybody to have a gun that has it solely because of, you know, this program or whatever. I want somebody who who believes in a gun, who is, you know, enjoys shooting a gun, who's good at shooting a gun. I, you know, I worry uh, with teachers carrying guns in school um, about the logistics. Like, you know, I worry about like, so if I am, if I have a teacher who's concealed carry and he's breaking up a fight, one of the kids grabs the gun, you know, I mean, I, I, I have, I have serious concerns about that. And I, I, at the same time, I think we got to do something right. Like I'm not completely opposed to the idea of a, a a cop being assigned to a school however we, we have that i mean we um, have armed cops in in schools right that's well to uh, to an extent i think in in some places they're 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 not a full on cop they're like they're uh, what you call it like a more like a security guard some of them are armed some aren't um i i worry i i don't like having uh, you know, a cop in school shaking people down. Like, for instance, the security guards or whatever, the safety officers, there we go, at the high school that I went to were uh, complete scumbag. I mean, they, they shook kids down. Hell, one of them, uh, you know, everybody knew was buying weed, you know, and then, no and then yeah, and then like, and if he, but if he got mad at you, you know, he'd bust you, you know. It's like my so, dare officer getting caught with cocaine. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, I mean, so there's problems there. There's things we need to address. I think, you know, I was thinking about, you know, maybe, maybe we tighten the patrol area on, on cops who have a school like in their district so that they can be closer to the school. I mean, obviously. Right. So when the call comes in, they're very they're, quick they're to right respond. There. You know, I mean, Although, what, what purpose is that if they don't, if they don't have any obligation to actually go in and stop <laughs> yeah, an no, active shooter? None of shooter. this matters if yeah. they don't have to go answer it. Yeah. No, none of that matters if, if our system is, is utterly failing on, on all fronts and sides. I yeah. don't know. I think, uh, what was it? Uh, Pike County actually just, uh, Pike County, Kentucky, um, passed a law allowing carry conceal for teachers in, in schools. And, and to me, if you're going to do it, mm-hmm. that's the right way is you just say, look, the, the gun free zone doesn't apply to you. You've got a carry conceal license. You've, you've got your permit. You've been through the training. You know, we've qualified you, although qualification for carry conceal is fairly loose. Um, in, in most states. So, right, right. you know, maybe we could tighten that up, but I'm just saying like, this is, this is the answer from, from the other side in saying that we have to do something. Yeah. And I don't think it's fair to say, well, you know, I hate guns and therefore your solution is, is, is totally stupid, you know, yeah, and off yeah. the table. Like, I don't think, you know, we got to come, we got to figure something out here. And, and to me, like, it's stupid that we can't talk about 
about poverty. It's stupid that we can't talk about lonely, depressed children. Uh, we can't talk about being bullied. We can't talk about, um, you know, Cruz losing his mother and father in a period of years mm-hmm. and, and, and being in such a dark place that, yeah. that he decided he was going to go shoot random students. Like to me, the, the, all the problems lie right there. And, and none of the solutions being posed from either side address that problem. So yeah. even if we accept wholesale uh, the left's idea of gun control, say the assault weapons ban passes tomorrow, mm-hmm. like that's not going to stop the shootings. It may slow down the flow. And yeah, maybe we cut down to six bodies. Uh, maybe we cut down to eight bodies. Maybe we cut down to two. Um, but probably not. I mean, Cruz right. used 10 round clips. Yeah, in in all of his rifles, you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, no, we are we are having debates and and arguments about bullet velocity, and 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 all these like not not completely meaningless, but but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's pissing so, in the wind, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's yeah, you're just you're you're trying to you're you're fighting a battle that it, it doesn't matter. It's 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 not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, you're fighting the battle and you're and you're losing the war. And, I, I and truly, believe the problem that. is is that we're we're so locked in to that battle. Like it's become so important that I own the libs and show them that, you know, uh, an automatic and a semi-automatic are different, which by the way, they are so fully different. Any libs out there, you just got straight wrecked. But, uh, (laughs) but then it's also important that I, you know, have these kids portray, you know, people on the right as heartless child murderers and stuff. And meanwhile, like you said, man, poverty, uh, uh, population density, uh, you know, stress, all these things. They just fall through the cracks. Ain't, ain't nobody talk. This kid is. It was the textbook definition, and 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 all these kids. Trump actually. One of the things he did was he had a listening session where he had all the the kids from Parkland, like you know, come to the White House. Now it wasn't you know the David Hogg and Emma Gonzalez and them, but some of the kids from uh, Parkland uh, come up to the White House, and they talked about it. CNN had a town hall with the other kids, and they talked about it. And nobody talked about this shit. Nobody's arguing about this shit. Trump hasn't said anything about this shit. I did see a nasty burn on Twitter from someone uh, aimed at the Parkland students and said, like, well, why did anyone stop him from being bullied? You know, you want to you you want to do something about the problem. Why did no one reach out to Ted uh, to 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 Cruz uh, to Cruz? What was his name? Uh, Nicholas Nicholas Cruz. Cruz. Um, And, and, you know, I don't know if that's fair, Uh, but at the same time. You know, why, why didn't they, if this kid was such a problem, you know, why didn't a teacher reach out? Why didn't a resource officer reach out? Hell, why didn't the police get involved? Why didn't the FBI get involved? Right. Uh, Why didn't we have a program to take this kid who just lost his parents, um, who was obviously, obviously hurting um, and obviously destroyed? Um, you know, why don't we have a system to put them back together? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, 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 I hate to use the argument. It's 2018, man. We can put Humpty back together again. Right. But instead of, but this is why Parkland is important, right? So this is why we wanted to talk about this today, because instead of focusing on that and focusing on how our system just 100% like failed this kid. You know, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know how else you look at it, at least in my opinion, instead of focusing on that, again, we're focusing on bullet speed and we're focusing on who the hell the NRA has a membership relationship with for discounts and stuff like that. Now, uh, 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 $5 discount on a rental car has become a matter of vital political importance. I mean, that's, that's where we're at. That's where this conversation spun out. We started, you know, we started with the kids and we were talking about the law enforcement and we're, you know, and then Trump of course weighs in. We look at the government and shit. But now we're to the point where we're worried about what uh, Dana Loesch, who's a spokesman for the NRA, like how the beginning of her show, how that video starts. We're worried about like all these little minutia. Oh, there's people coming out saying, oh, she's threatening. You know, she says your time's up at the end. The clock's (laughs) ticking down to the start of her show. Yeah, Yeah. But you've got a whole group of people going, oh, she's threatening you know, she's threatening the left with violence. No, you can't yeah. watch that commercial yeah. and tell me it's a threat of violence. Well, not to ridiculous. mention, I mean, this is coming from the same people who are watching like CNN and MSNBC who have countdown to the event, you know, yeah. with the most like alarmist shit you ever saw in your life. But I'm just flabbergasted. The conversations we have are ridiculous. We've had uh, a number of companies have ended their relationships with the NRA. And we've had retailers start changing their gun policies. And, and you know, that's fair enough. Maybe you know, that's something we can talk about. But 
this this idea that this is what matters, right? Like the the lieutenant governor of Georgia comes out because Delta decides to end their their relationship with the NRA, and Delta put and, out and kudos to him for it. I, and, I just have to say, like, well, I, if you're a company and you want to take a stand, um, you know, do it's, it. It's funny you mentioned that because Delta actually didn't take a stand. Oh wait, Delta comes out in like their official statement. And they said Delta's decision reflects the airline's neutral status in the current national (laughs) debate over gun control amid recent school shootings. Out of respect for our customers and employees on both sides, Delta has taken this action to refrain from entering the debate and focus on its business. Delta continues to support the Second Amendment. All right, so, so Delta says we support the Constitution. But look, we're giving a discount to NRA members. Some people might find that, you know, distasteful. uh, distasteful. Um, at the end of the day, we're a business. That's a political entity. So we're just going to step out. We're going to step out. We're not going to endorse or shit on the NRA. We're just going to say, hey, you know, I'm, I wipe my hands of it. And then you've got Lieutenant Governor of so, Georgia come out and say, uh, we are pulling your $38 million tax break uh, to punish you for your stance against the NRA. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Now, here's the thing. Is it, is it illegal? Um, it's, it's gross as shit, right? To use the state legislature in that way. Um, it's, I think it's a little yucky to give them the $38 million tax break well, to begin with. No, I, you know, I understand incentivizing. I mean, cause Delta is, is a huge part of huge uh, Georgia's employer. economy, right? That's true. So I understand incentivizing the business. However, one of the problems that we get into though is so if you're going to come out and say that the lieutenant governor of Georgia has done something wrong, what exactly did he do wrong, right? And the answer the answer that's come back to me for you know I see on Twitter and you know I think there was a a Vox or a Slate article is uh, that they have violated Delta's First Amendment rights. Oh, give me a break! So here we go, left. <laughs> you have been railing about Citizens United for I don't know how long, mm. and now. When somebody who took, they didn't even take an anti-gun stance. They took a new, but whatever. When somebody takes what could be construed as an anti-gun stance, a company, now you want to defend their First Amendment rights. Of course. Like, get the hell out of here. It goes back to that bias. I mean, you've got to look at the reason you're supporting it. And does that, does that match, uh, does that match your principles? Right. You know, typically. And the answer here is no. No. And just and just to make sure we, we've covered it, Citizens United, it's a Supreme Court decision, which basically says that, uh, you know, corporations have, you know, the right to freedom of speech. And that's why they can give money to uh, PACs and campaign contributions, because that's because their money speech. Is and speech you can't, and yeah, money is speech and you can't infringe upon their speech and everything. Um, I, I don't I to me, uh, corporations should be apolitical. I mean, they, they, they shouldn't. A corporation, I understand a corporation lobbying for something that directly affects it in so much as if we were talking about air traffic controllers, right? And Delta had noticed an issue with air traffic controllers. Should Delta be able to lobby Congress on behalf of that change if it presents a danger to its customers mm-hmm. or if it presents, you know, if if the, the nation's economy will be boosted by the efficiency gained by Delta being able to more... You put you know, it that way and it sounds like sweets and candy. I, exactly. And I understand them being able to do that. Does Delta have any reason to give to a PAC that's worried about abortion? No. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I've got a serious problem when, with... So that's why you can't give them... A, a the right to free speech because it's not a person right it's not a person it's I, it's not a damn person you know what i mean like it's it's a corporation that can outspend any one person in in volume wholesale you know yeah, i mean i mean take a look at chick-fil-a and and their position right you, you exactly. know i think i think you got a lot of people on the left who are who are supporting delta here that yeah. that might not support chick-fil-a's right to well, be anti-homosexual yeah, so, and then and meanwhile support- the people on the right that are like stick it to Delta. Were you gonna? Were you gonna? You know, say, hey, state legislature, let's completely punish Chick Fil A <laughs> for Chick-fil-A being, you know, for entering uh, the political uh, anti-gay and everything. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, you weren't gonna do that. People give up their 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 principles and they get locked into hypocrisy so easily, so quickly over all these large issues. And everyone has got to take a breath. You've got to step back. Well, this is this is why I can't support the left or the right right now it's because of this hysteria and it and it keeps it keeps the conversation nationally from the things that are important to me 
Right. And I'm a person too. You know what I'm saying? I want to mm-hmm. be represented. I think that's fair. Um, you know, call me whatever you want, put me in whatever box you want. But at the end of the day, like I'm a person and I want my representation in the government and none of these fools are doing it. Yeah. None of them are because, because we got a problem and we got a problem with people yeah. and we've got a problem with societal health and, and that's very much a government problem. We got a problem with overcrowding in schools. We got a, uh, you know, we talk about population density. Um, it's not just where you live, it's where you spend time. You know what I'm saying? And, and, mm. and school uh, classroom sizes have increased. We've got less teachers. We've got less money for the, I mean, all of these things have to be factors when you're talking about children who will do something as horrific as killing their classmates. Right. And, and again, this is another place where we just, we focus on a discount for the NRA. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. As if that matters in any scheme, any, any facet of this conversation, like that doesn't the, the, matter. The rush to be right, the need to be right, the need to win, the need to score points. It warps the conversation to a to a gross, extreme characterization of itself. This is cartoon shit. Like we're having we're having cartoon the, the president of the United States uh said piss on due process. You know what I'm saying? Uh, kids are saying that, and not be- a slate article about it, as far as I've seen. I yeah, mean- and, and kids are saying if you believe in uh, uh, the Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America, you, you want to kill innocent children. Like, like it's just it's it's the worst version of like this is this is the the extreme hyperbole, uh, insane conversational. Um, what I want to say here, like this is the level of conversation that Rush Limbaugh used to get like painted with all the time back in the nineties. Right. Oh, that's crazy. Kooky talk. You know what I'm saying? And now look, it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere because everybody's got to fill time. Everybody's got to say it's the 24 hour news. We've all got to get this going. We're all on Twitter. We're all wrapped into it. That's, that's what I was saying. Like when we started this show and we said, that is what I said, I'm sorry. First episode. That is what we have to fix before we can fix anything else. This is what I meant. Right. So I think we're nearing the end of the episode here. And really, I think we touched on all the points I wanted to touch on today. But if if I left you guys with anything, like, it's just check check your bias, man. Look at yourself in the mirror and and try to see when when you're being whipped up by emotion. You know, try yeah. to try to wrangle the reasons behind your thoughts. I think that's really important, you know, reason and logic, um, even though we're living our subjective realities. Well, they, are, they are tools of the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's important, and I think we can glean some insight into what's going on around us and, and hopefully take some steps to fix this thing before we implode, because very much so, I feel like we are a nation on the verge of, of implosion. Mm. And I, I think we've got potential. Um, I think we can save it. I don't think it's too late. Uh, how? Probably not by incentivizing guns in school. <laughs> no, probably, um, not. <laughs> probably not by curtailing Second Amendment rights either. Yeah. Um, you know, I would just ask you guys on on the right and the left uh, to start considering the other side with a little bit more respect. At least accept that they're fucking humans, you know? Please. Please. For the sake of us all. And with that, I think we're going to kick it off to Beanzo so he can uh, try to wreck us on this episode, although not many stats, facts, and figures here. Uh, I think we hit him with another sticky wicket. Beanzo, what have you got for us? Well, gentlemen, first off, let me commend you for having an emotion-free conversation about the Parkland shooting. The poise and composure you both showed is a tribute to your consummate professionalism. Hell, since... You were totally devoid of emotion when you started yelling and pounding your fists on my card table. Buddy, you're an inspiration to us all. In theory, your contributions to this episode were enlightening. I don't know if you deserve a helicopter ride for this failure, but Augusto Pinochet came to power and imprisoned, tortured, or murdered over 25,000 of his political opponents in Chile, not Argentina. That was after its citizens were disarmed by the military. Not to mention the two times your phone goes off in the middle of your spiels really showed your dedication to professionalism. So it was shocking to me, really, when I realized that you two pro-politicos tried to invoke the Citizens United decision 
without mentioning speech now. Obviously, Citizens United merely grants corporations personhood, whereas the Speech Now decision is what unshackled corporate donations to super PACs. If we're going to keep that mob of three listeners you fellas were talking about, those are the kind of details you boys are going to have to catch. I'm here for you now, but once Hollywood recognizes the God-given talent of the notorious BNZ, you little sparrows will have to fly on your own. Baby birds, back to you. I guess I did get a little wound up there. No, this uh, no, talking this, about no, separating emotion from no. The he, he called us baby stuff. birds. I call people baby birds. You Folks, don't call me baby that's bird. That's gonna wrap it up. Was he the big bird? Episode thirteen on notorious Parkland shooting and like his motherfucking phone ain't ever uh, went off. Whipping everyone up into fucking a frenzy. I guess we'll shit. catch you guys He's next yeah, week. No, for we get it. Fucking fourteen. Yeah. Taylor Swift. Yeah, we get it, motherfucker. Hey folks, it's Theory of the Sins and Theory Podcast. Just wanted to take a second to thank you for continuing to listen and support the show. We really appreciate it. It means the world to us. Uh, if you get a chance, please go to iTunes, leave us a review, uh, like us. Uh, you know, it really helps a podcast uh, take off. And, uh, you know, get at us on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're at all the usual places. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to email us at uh, senseandtheorypodcast at gmail.com. Show ideas, suggestions, critiques, uh, condemnations, it's all good. Send it our way. Uh, We'll see you next week.